Yeah. Okay, here we go. Who's ready for the Jakey Show? Jakey, Jakey, Jakey on the Jakey Show. Go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Well, hey there, friends. Good to see you on a Wednesday. Hey, yo, man. Wednesday, March 23rd. Right. 2069. <laughs> Dude, it feels like next Friday already. I know. And it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. a lot to get to. Jake is really upset with his um, no home owning ass right now. How's that work? How's the apartment life? It's offensive. You have your own fence? It's offensive for sure. Okay. You might need to become a fence to afford to buy a house. Uh, we'll talk real estate coming up. We have also uh, got to get in. You know the interesting thing about real estate? We've got to get into renting versus buying. Dude, it's bad. Because if you don't own a house right now, drive to Evanston, Wyoming, and get your lotto tickets. Because I'm being serious. Like I don't know what it will take if you don't own a house right now to own a house. I really don't know. I think you're you're effed. Yeah. You're effed out. I don't think I am. You'll, I know I am. You'll never own a house or have a white picket fence or two and a half kids in it. But dog. wait, that's the American dream. Yeah, I know. I'm living it. You're not, loser. Anyway, we'll talk about... Uh, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Well, you are a loser. But anyways, that's a sat phone conversation. But we'll um, wow. we'll uh, get into that. Wow. <laughs> we'll get into that as the show goes on. Um, we've got to talk about this Zion Williamson thing which is hysterical, um, you know, Gene Stream Gamer says, you're, you, yeah, the boys are back. Love you both, man. No, we love you. Man. Uh, good morning, Greg Hawkins. Good to see you, Greg. Miss you, buddy. Uh, Wesley Iyer says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. So we'll talk sir. about, Zion Williamson weighs a lot. Yeah. He really does. He does. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Quinn Snyder going to the Los Angeles Lakers because there is some thought that Quinn Snyder is a candidate in Los Angeles to re- Los Angeles to replace um, Frank Vogel if he gets whacked, whacked after what has been nothing short of a disastrous season for the Lakers. And I guess the question is how good is the Laker job? Because I think we all know – that the Utah Jazz job is pretty good. At the moment, you're probably limited in that you can't win a championship with the way this organization is set up right now. So there is a ceiling perceivably, right? But perceivably? perceivably. Perceived ceiling. But the question is, is the Laker job better than the Utah Jazz job, Jake? Would you rather have one versus the other? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you just go straight up, like, on paper, nameplate for nameplate, I think most people are going to take the Laker job. But I think the Laker job comes with a lot of challenges. I mean, first and foremost, number one, is LeBron James there when you take the job? I mean, how long is he going to be there? Like, what does that dynamic look like? Because, again, when LeBron is in your organization, you know, it's Le GM, right? I mean, that's that's what we all know and love. Le GM. Yeah, Le GM. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I think that LeBron is LeBron is not easy to coach, I don't think. But, you know, that so that's just the first thing you have to consider. 
Secondly, I think the reason that the Laker job is still attractive, because it, it's much like the USC situation before Lincoln Riley went ahead and, and, and took over there. It, it's kind of this situation where next season the Lakers could be a title contender. You know, it's not like you got to wait five years and, and, and everything to, to, to be relevant. So I think the Laker job from that standpoint is very attractive. Now, the downside to that is that the Laker job comes with a lot of pressure. There are expectations. And when you sign a bunch of talent and it doesn't work out, you're the guy who's responsible. So I think that's that's the tough part about it. So it's kind of this thing as a coach where you got to ask yourself, am I willing to only be somewhere for one season and we're in in the worst case scenario because that's the worst case scenario you you pick up the job one season and you're out because it goes so poorly that's the worst case best case is you're there for like 10 years and you win a bunch of rings I think that's worth the risk now with the Jazz it's kind of the opposite it's kind of what you were talking about hey you can't win a championship right now you're 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 a bit limited with the talent because you're not the Lakers you're not and you're not the Celtics, let's say, or, you know, a nameplate that can just go and get whoever they want. There's some some antics at play. There's some some cultural things that, that go on in, in the league that kind of prevent you from getting the best talent in the league. So with that in mind, your trade-off with that sacrifice is that you have long-term stability. You know, you're Quinn Snyder. You've been coaching the Jazz for nine or ten seasons now, you know, and you've been getting paid and making that generational money. So I think it really depends. To answer the question, it really depends on where you're at in your coaching career. For Quinn Snyder, I think he's made his money now, you know? And I think now it's time for mm -hmm. him to chase yeah. a championship. And so for me, I'm not sitting here saying that Quinn is is head over heels for the Lakers job or that that is even a possibility at this point. But what I am saying is if I put myself in Quinn's shoes, I have to think at some point the guy wants to chase a championship. And I think on some level, he'll never admit it, but on some level, he's got to realize that this roster is not good enough to win a championship right now. So it's kind of this balance that you have to play uh, depending on where you're at in your career and how damn much you want to win a championship for just simply making money, you know? So that's, that's so I guess when you head up with all that considered, I probably lean towards the jazz job but you know winning championships is why you play the game so I, again i think it just depends who you are yeah and I, I think the hardest part is what do you value um if i'm quinn snyder i don't value the laker job and i talked to um you know one of the guys i know over at the jazz yesterday and he straight up said that there was an audible laugh uh when it was brought up that quinn snyder would want to leave the jazz for the lakers um, because Quinn craves stability. Quinn craves professionalism, and that is something that's been very difficult to deal with this year, the lack of both in Los Angeles. And I'm yeah. told that Quinn Snyder, <laughs> you know, currently does not value that job. Um, and that, B, the Utah Jazz would not allow Quinn Snyder out of his contract to go coach the Lakers. He's got two years plus an option left on that deal, and it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Utah Jazz to let him walk away to go to Los Angeles. I mean, he has a good working relationship with Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz. Quinn also happens to get along pretty well with his players who clearly like and respect him. There would not be a reason for Quinn to leave a really stable situation with the Utah Jazz to go to Los Angeles. Yeah. And I think rightly the Utah Jazz would not allow him to make that move. Now, if Quinn, um, and I'm told Ryan Smith and Quinn Snyder have talked about the San Antonio Spurs job, um, and that Quinn was given assurances that if 
a situation arose where Quinn was asked to replace, um, you know, a legend in Greg Popovich. One of his his clear mentors, Greg Popovich, is a mentor to Quinn Snyder. Yeah. If he was asked to replace Greg Popovich at the San Antonio Spurs, Ryan Smith has given him certain assurances that he would allow him to do that. Yeah. He's not going to allow him to walk away to go to the Lakers. And Jake, I I think that's absolutely the right tact um, for the the Utah Jazz to take. Because I don't see one of your biggest rivals in the NBA allowing them to get better with the guy that you let go as your head coach. Yeah, and I, and I think this goes for trading players, head coaching swaps, like any of that. I mean, you're you're if you're the Utah Jazz, you're you're at all costs not helping the Lakers. So, you know, it helps that Quinn doesn't value the Laker job. You know, obviously it wouldn't be ideal if Quinn was all head over heels for the Laker job and you had to say no and that whole situation kind of arose, but that's not what we're talking about. I think Quinn doesn't value the Laker job as it's currently constituted. But that's the thing with the Laker job. It doesn't – so that's the thing. And this is – again, I know I keep talking about USC, but this is what we talked about with USC. USC has been a program, the football program at USC to be specific – has been a program that has been crappy the last, like, eight seasons with with everything that they have dealt with. Yet they're still able to land top-tier head coaching talent, which gets them top-tier player talent. So when I'm looking at the Laker job, is it crappy now? Yeah, sure, it's crappy now. Yeah, sure. You know, Russell Westbrook hasn't worked out. Anthony Street Clothes Davis is always hurt. Can't rely on him. Uh, LeBron is aging and probably not going to be here in five years. Like, you, you have things that you're dealing with. But that said, it's the Lakers. That said, next year, that could be a completely different situation and you could go and ring chase. So that's why I say. Uh, like, see, I, I just, I don't buy that. I, I think the dysfunction with the Lakers is far more than the head coach. I think Frank Vogel's actually done a very good job there. Um, I think you sold out to get LeBron James and to keep LeBron James. I think you made a very good trade um, in the immediate for Anthony Davis and it won you a championship I think since they won that championship just about everything they've done has been a disaster and I think right now there is questions about who the true leader of that organization is um you know Kurt Rambis's wife has an enormous influence over Jeannie Buss the current owner of the Lakers and apparently Mrs. Rambis has a lot of say um about things and a lot of influence about things um, there's a lot of thought that LeBron is going to either leave or retire within two years. Um, you have an enormous amount of luxury tax being paid. Uh, you're going to have to unload Russell Westbrook. Like, I just don't think this is USC where you can hire, um, you know, a guy like Lincoln Riley to come in. You automatically bring on a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, influx of transfer portal talent influx of coaching talent, influx of recruits, and a really, frankly, pretty shitty Pac-12, and you walk in the front door with him and you're already probably, probably going to to be the champion to the Pac-12 next year. It doesn't work that way in the NBA. When you are as dysfunctional as the Lakers have been for the last two years, it's very difficult to turn that around. And when you don't have clear and respected leadership, you're going to have much more trouble bringing that around. I think it's why you see Gene Buss reaching out to a guy like a Phil Jackson to to get consult from other guys outside the organization because she's not buying into what um, you know Rob Palenka is doing as the general manager there, which means you're probably going to have a general manager change this offseason. Right. So you're going to change the GM. You're going to change the head coach. I mean, there's all kinds of dysfunction there. Yeah. 
Whereas you have no ownership questions with the Jazz. You have no ownership questions uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. You have no GM questions in either place. It makes sense for Quinn Snyder to leave and go to the Spurs. It does not make sense for Quinn Snyder to leave and go to the to, to the Lakers, either for the Jazz or for Quinn Snyder. And and frankly, that's why I don't buy that right now. Yeah, but I think the Lakers, and, and I, I don't disagree that there's a ton of dysfunction with the Lakers, but that's who they are. That's who they've always been. I mean, you go back to, you know, Kobe and Shaq, and you go back to even even when it was Magic uh, Magic's team, you know, and, and you've got the Magic Johnson versus Michael Jordan thing in the Olympics, and, and then that transfers over to the league. Like, there's always – it's L.A., man. I mean, that's – It that is. It is, is L.A., is, You know, yeah. like, that's kind of – I feel like that's just kind of the culture of that portion of the country, and I think that, you know – I under like I agree with the idea that the Lakers have a lot of dysfunction and Quinn's not that guy. I understand that. I respect that and I agree with it. You know, and I think that Quinn much more values following in Greg Popovich's footsteps. I totally agree with that. But I, but I, the the only thing that I would say about the Laker job is that while all of that is true, right? All the dysfunction and and the ownership stuff with Genie and all that stuff you just said, all that is true. Yeah. That does not mean that they next year can't go to the NBA Finals. Well, and yeah, let's be honest. And I think that's a, a really good point. The Lakers, in my opinion, can take a disaster to a championship quicker than just about anybody because they make more money than just about anybody. Yes. And when you look at the way that teams like Brooklyn do business, the Lakers are not very different than that. Because really, if you think about it, how far away are they from being uh, back to uh, a meaningful team in the West? They're one more solid piece away. And Anthony Davis has to play, you know, 75% of a season. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Anthony Davis is healthy, this is probably a top six team in the West right now. But really, if you think about it, all they need to do to become a more relevant team and to become a serious contender is you got to move Russ and you got to get a player back that can contribute. That's what has to be done. I, I That's why I say I can't believe they didn't make the Houston John Wall deal. Yeah, it's surprising. I, I mean, it's baffling because he is healthy. He is in shape. He is ready to play. And it would have been... It would have been John Wall and Eric Gordon, essentially John Wall and Eric Gordon for Russell Westbrook and, a, and another player on that roster. With LeBron. That would have been a great and, fit. And those three guys with LeBron, whether Anthony Davis comes back or not, that makes them a championship contender in the West. And that's why I say. It's shocking they didn't make that deal. But I also think, and again, I think that points at dysfunction and yeah. disagreement, but yeah. all of that goes away with one swing of the guillotine. I mean, when, when you change Palinka, when you change the GM, the coach, you make a huge trade to impact the roster. In L.A., you're not that far away. And so when you have a guy like LeBron James that's playing at the level, and that's really the difference between LeBron and the Lakers and pretty much any other mid-table team, the Jazz are a great example. You don't have a LeBron-type player on the Jazz roster. An anchor. You don't have that guy. You don't have two other guys on your bench that are injured. And who's the impact player like Anthony Davis that's going to come off and get healthy for the playoffs for the Jazz? There's not. You don't have that that's guy. That's Bogdanovich right now. So, <laughs> and, and my point is, yeah, it, that's your second-best player. Yeah. Anthony Davis, when he's right, is an MVP-caliber player in this Anthony league. street clothes, Davis. But he's always in street clothes. But yep. my point is... You saw how good that Laker team was and how quickly they turned that into a championship. Yeah. So I understand. I think you're correct about that. It's a very short turnaround where it will be a much longer rebuild 
cycle for the Jazz or for the Spurs. Look at how long it's taken the Spurs to get back. Simply because those teams don't have the TV deal, the radio deal. They don't have the third-tier rights deal. They don't have the memorabilia deals. They don't have the the uniform deals. But I think the trade-off is, the trade-off for those teams, though, if you're a head coach, is stability yeah, and a little absolutely. bit lower of an expectation. I mean, you're not, like, whether it's Quinn or somebody else, whoever winds up replacing Pop, you know, the expectation isn't that you're going to walk in there and win a championship your first year. I mean, you're, I mean, hell, look at, what is it, Taylor Jenkins in Memphis? I mean, look at that, look at that situation. You know, that, that's been a slow burn for like three, four years, you know, where he's been building this team and slowly but surely getting better. And now they're a two seed or whatever they are. And, you know, like, like, so that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, again, for, for Quinn, I think that the, he wants to prioritize stability and, and, and really, you know, developing players. That's what I think Quinn Snyder loves to do. I think he loves to work with players and develop guys, even yeah. for all the shortcomings that we talk about with Butler not getting minutes and the rotations and all that good stuff. I think that Quinn Snyder likes situations where he can come in and not have to deal with the LeBron-esque player. He wants to deal with guys like Don who, or like a Ja Morant type guy who hasn't quite got to LeBron's level yet, but has work to do. And that's why I think the Jazz and the and the Spurs are attractive positions. Yeah, I I I yeah, it's a philosophical thing. Mm-hmm. It totally is. It totally is. And and like you said, I mean, it really just comes down to what you value. And and that's why I say, like, you know, Frank Vogel knew what he was signing up for. Yes, you he knew did. what you were signing up he for. He did. You knew that that you know you had to win a championship, but as soon as it went south, you were probably going to get gutted. And and that's what I mean about the Laker job. You know, and I, and I know we're going around and around here, but but the takeaway here is the Laker job is highly volatile. It is, hey, I can win a championship. I've got access. I've got access to the college football playoff, but damn if I suck, I'm getting fired, right? Like, it's the same concept. I have access to the NBA Finals, but if I'm not good, if I do a bad job, it's not going to work out. Yeah. So it just is what it is. Yeah, and, and you know, the interesting thing is that I, I, I just don't see how I, I just don't see how you hire a coach the caliber of Quinn Snyder. And I know that we've had this conversation repeatedly right. about Quinn Snyder. I just don't know how you how you replace a guy like Quinn Snyder. I really don't. Um, and I, I don't know how you fix what ails Quinn Snyder or what ails the Jazz that would make them part company. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you fix that. So it is what it is. I, I don't think. I don't think that it is assured that Quinn will be brought back as the coach of the Jazz. I think if the Jazz were to part ways with him, he'd have multiple job offers. Yeah. I don't think Quinn Snyder's looking for just any job in the league. I, I really don't. Um, that's why I say I, I, I think the Jazz – I was told yesterday the Jazz have not had conversations about terminating Quinn, firing Quinn Snyder. I was told yesterday that they will reevaluate everything in the offseason as they always do. But I'd be surprised if he wasn't the coach of the, the Jazz next year, no matter who the players are. Well, and I think if you just look at the situation and, and you're realistic about it, what does that really mean? We're going to reevaluate everything? Well, what that means is is that we're going to make moves. We're going to rebuild this roster. And then based on those moves, we're going to figure out if Quinn is a fit. And, yeah. and we're going to talk to him about it. I mean, and, and that's the thing I think that's so – 
you know, not to wax poetic, but I think that's what's great about the culture of the Jazz in that front office is that is that it's not just like, you know, hey, we're just going to make a decision and, and that's what it is. Like, I think what would take place, and, and this is opinion, right? Obviously, I'm not in there, but based on what I've seen and, and their actions, it seems like what would happen is they would make some moves, you know, update or change this roster, and then you're going to talk to Quinn and you're going to say, hey, man, what do you think about these moves? How would you do this? How would you do that? Would you play this guy? Would you play that guy? Like those are conversations that are had between Justin Zanuck and 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 Danny Ainge and you know Ryan Smith to Quinn Snyder. There's got to be. I hope people understand. Like there, the relationship between your head coach and the front office mm-hmm. has to be healthy for you to be successful. It has to be because if it's not, and Quinn has a different strategy than the front office does. It's like, you know, the front office is buying a car, buying a Ferrari, and Quinn's putting, you know, 87 low octane in it. You know, like yep. it doesn't work, you know? So that's why I say when they talk about reevaluating, that's what that looks like. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, yes, YouTube is having some service issues this morning. This is not related to us, and we have no control over it. The hell out of your um, Yeah. We, we, like, what does that even mean, service issues? I don't know. We, we One of the things I noticed is that, you, that YouTube – is struggling to stay online this morning and looking at looking at reports online they're having service issues on the west coast um i don't know if we're having getting comments but i see our concurrent viewer numbers and all that stuff Uh, are on and off and so they are it's a youtube issue it is not a monty show issue it's not the internet yeah it's not the internet we're and i apologize and i do see some comments eric c saying it's offline well it just started out of nowhere yeah youtube is having issues uh, this morning. So I apologize um, for every subscriber. Okay. <laughs> Let's clarify the PS5 thing too, because Joe Al says, are you giving away a PS5 to everyone that subscribes to the channel? No. What do you think, Joel? Joel, what do you think the odds that we're going to give away 5,000 PS5s on this channel are? Donnie, please. I, I mean, just logically speaking. <laughs> So he says, are you giving away a PS5 to everybody on this channel? No. No. Duh. No, we're not. We're giving away one when we get to 5,000. Um, you know, I it's right it's here on right the table. It's right here, bro. It's right here. We got it. It's right here in the box. This thing's a unit. It's heavy. And yeah. Yeah, there you go. All you have to do is uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, If you're here right now, give us a thumbs up and a like. Um, If you're listening on the audio podcast, bless you. We've had another massive week. Uh, Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of the Utah Jazz, let's get into uh, the Boston Celtics and the Utah Jazz tonight, 530 Mountain Time um, in Boston, um, who I think is right now the best team in the Eastern Conference as far as how they're playing on the floor. Um, and the, I guess the question that a lot of people ask is how good are the Boston Celtics and Jake, do you believe that they can win the Eastern conference championship? Um, I have some reservations on whether they can win the Eastern conference championship. I think there are several teams that, you know, obviously are going to have something to say about that. And mainly my biggest concern is Giannis. I don't think that they have an answer for Giannis. I don't think that they have somebody who can, make his life difficult. You know, you've got this same core of guys that you've had for, you know, what, 
uh, what seems like forever in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Has anybody else ever played for the? I don't for think the Boston so. Celtics? Like I literally I, think it's been those three guys for like the entire eternity. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think believe Larry, that Larry Bird ever yeah, played for I, the Celtics. I, I think that Larry Bird was actually a Laker, and, and we just misremember. So I think. You know. I think Bob Cousy was like the moon landing. It was done in a studio, and yeah. it never really happened. It never really happened. You know? It does feel like Tatum and Brown have been together like for, for like, like forever, you know, man. And and that's why I say like I. I think the, the the thing in the East is very simple. You you the the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be the team that decides the East every year until Giannis is not playing anymore. So so to me the 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 key to to open that lock and get to the NBA Finals through Milwaukee is is okay we have to limit Giannis on some level. I'm sorry, did you say Milwaukee? Yeah, Milwaukee. Uh, is that Milwaukee? Oh, you mean Milwaukee? Okay, my yeah, bad. Milwaukee. That's a city in in shit town, Wisconsin. Yeah, in Nowhereville that nobody cares about, right? Mo- Milwaukee. How very Northern Illinois of you. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I think that the question is not how you stop Giannis. The question is how do you stop, you know, Chris Middleton? How do you stop, you know, Holiday? Yeah. How do you stop these guys from, you know, because Giannis is going to have thirty or forty. You know, but Middleton. we're playing it. But we're playing the Celtics tonight, so I don't know why we're talking about the Bucks. No, but here's why we're talking about the Bucks, dude. <laughs> Fuck, man. I understand what you're saying. Like, it, it, I, you're I, asking me if they can win the Eastern Conference. I think they can. I think, I don't think they can. I don't think that they're capable of beating the Bucks. I think bringing Daniel Tice back was a <laughs> was a big deal because it gives you more fouls off the bench, mm-hmm. and I, I think much to your point, the match Chris Middleton Middleton's a really good one. Because who's going to guard Chris Middleton? Yeah, he tortures them. Yeah, Jason Tatum's the guy that's got to step up. To your point, I think that's a great question. And when I when I look at when I look at the teams in the East, I think Philly's really good, but I don't trust Philly. No, I, I don't, don't trust James Harden. I don't think James Harden's a winner. I don't think that James Harden shows up when you need him most. Like like again, look no further than what he did against the Warriors. I haven't forgotten. You went O of twenty seven, dude. O of twenty seven <laughs> wow. in a playoff game. You, you're like, hanging you're, on to that. Yeah, because because it, it it tells me exactly who you are, right? It tells me precisely who you are. Yeah. O of 27 for a guy who's a max player, allegedly. So so tonight, when I look at the Celtics versus the Jazz, I pose the same question, right? Who's going to stop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown tonight? Because I'm telling you, Jason Tatum will eat Royce O'Neal alive. He will. The guy you're going to miss tonight is Daniel House. I yeah. think you're going to miss that perimeter defense that he's able to bring because to beat the Celtics, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but to beat the Celtics, you have to limit one of those two guys, and you can't buy into the chippiness. The You can't buy into everything else that's not basketball that Marcus Smart brings, that Williams brings, that they their, their role players – are really can really be chippy and physical. And yeah. the other guy, like I look at an Al Horford, that's the guy that hits a dagger three on you mm-hmm. because you're so concerned about everything else but that's going on. think about that matchup, right? Think about the matchups here. And this is what has me concerned about this game tonight. Not that the Jazz are some, you know, inferior team, but if you just go up and down the matchups, the thing that concerns me is Marcus Smart is a very physical defender, and he will guard yes. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. So Don's going to have a difficult night. Like, I think Don will still have 20 to 25, but I'd be real surprised if this was a 40-point night for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe I'm wrong, right? But that's my opinion, number one. Number two, who's going to slow down Jason Tatum? Is Jason Tatum going to put up 40 tonight? Because if that happens, this won't be close. He needs to be in the 20 to 25-point range as well. 
And then thirdly, the Al Horford uh, situation with with Rudy is going to be really interesting because if Horford is putting up, again, another guy doing 20 to 25, this won't be close. Well, and they, they really like playing Robert Williams at the five and Al Horford at the four. I mean, they both start at the – I mean, obviously they are both have been career centers. Yeah. But Horford shoots the ball well enough, and, and this is, again, where you miss a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich tonight – because Bogdanovich can play with Al Horford. And I, I I think it's very interesting to see how does Rudy Gobert hang with Robert Williams? How does Robert Williams hang with Rudy Gobert? Yeah. Um, I think Williams has played very well for them. But I'll go back to the Nuggets game, what, 10 days ago. You can't have Tatum and Brown score 30. Um, and you can't give each. up 17. Yeah, you each. You can't have you can't have Pritchard come off the bench for 17. And having watched most of that game. They didn't require their bigs to do anything because they ran up and down the floor and they 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 shot the three really well. Yeah. And you can't allow the Celtics to do that, especially at home, because now that crowd is really into it. They're nine and one in their last ten. Yeah. And they are playing an exceptional level of basketball. And I actually think we're going to talk about the MVP here in a minute. I don't know how Jason Tatum's not in that conversation. Yeah. Because he's playing at an incredibly high level. And the thing that worries you is the Jazz are not healthy. The mm -hmm. Jazz do not have Boyan tonight. They're not going to have Daniel House tonight. Does Jordan Clarkson show up? That's a great question. He's going to have to because I think that this this Boston team is very good defensively. I mm -hmm. like the way they play defense. Mm -hmm. and, and you and we, I say this all the time, even when we play basketball, I play defense with my shoulders and my knees. Mm -hmm. And I love that Boston does that too. I wish the Jazz would do that more. But the Jazz want to play quick and stay in front of you, and they're not quick and they can't stay in front of you. Whereas Boston plays to their strength, which is is their bigs in the middle are going to bang you. And if you look at guys like if you look at guys like Smart, Horford, Tatum, Jalen Brown is a, a little less He's of this. He's that firecracker though. Jalen Brown is. is their Jordan Clarkson in the sense that he is a starter for them, obviously. But some nights it's 15 points, other nights it's 35. And, like, but but the, but you look at Derek White, um, and looking at at Derek White's last ten games since he got to Boston, he's played twenty six minutes a night. Um, he's he gives you about ten points, but he's a great defender and yeah. he can move the basketball. Yeah, I uh, the thing that worries me for the Jazz tonight, and I do think the Celtics are going to win this game. The thing that worries me for the Jazz, you're coming off of four games in five nights. You get one night of rest after you lose to Brooklyn when you looked out of gas. Don's clearly dealing with whatever this wrist injury is off the dunk the other night in New York. Mm -hmm. And I think you're just probably feeling a little heavier legs tonight versus a team that frankly is very athletic and they're hot right now and they're smoking hot right now. Yeah, they are. They are glowingly hot. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Tanner Plummer says, I don't see the jazz winning tonight. Uh, Gene Streamer Gamer says Boston has its inconsistencies. If the Jazz start hot, it may give a huge blow to Boston in the first half. That could be because I agree with you. I think that when the Celtics are playing like this, they're very difficult to beat. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to get them out of playing like this? And are the Jazz capable yeah, I mean, of doing that? You can't have tonight. You can't have the 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 mental mistakes. You can't have the turnovers. You can't have the the brutal possession where Don's just taking a you know 30 footer you can't you just yeah. you can't have when you again when you play these good teams and we've talked about this but when you play these good teams you have to have really 
disciplined offensive possessions yes. to get good open yes. looks for yes. your guys who are shooting. So, like, Mike Conley. Does Mike Conley give us four to five threes tonight like he has been? Or is this a one-three and, you know, 11-point performance like we see when he's off? So that's why I say for the Jazz, they can beat this team. They are capable of beating the Celtics. There's no doubt. But Rudy has to show up. Mike Conley's got to show up. It can't just be Don trying to do everything on his own. You know, like these guys have to step up. And Jordan Clarkson, I'm telling you, he is the X factor. No matter what yep. those guys do, if Jordan goes for 40, they're in this game. Avli says, morning, guys. Did Don get the MVP already? Wink. Nope. Not yet. Nope. Uh, not yet. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Greg Hawkins was asked by Jeremy Bolton how the movie shoot was going. And it's been, Greg, I'll tell you, I appreciate how much you share on uh, Instagram. It's It was fun watching you go through that process of shooting these movies that you were in. Mm -hmm. um, that's been pretty cool, man. So good on you. He says, uh, finished it up. Tough shoot, but a good one. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it, it was really fun to watch. And if you don't follow um, Greg, and I think it's the real Greg Hawkins on Instagram, you guys should follow Greg. I mean, he's a, a daily listener of the show, and he actually lives kind of a rock star life. Um, he is, you know, yeah, it's real Greg Hawkins. I'm for real. He's even got the, Ooh, Greg Hawkins has the blue check mark. Whoa. Hey now. Wow. 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 A, I told you for real. He's a big deal. That's a guy you just want to be around. Yeah. So that you can catch what he casts back into the, into the ocean. The fish he throws back. He's a brilliant guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You know, blue check mark. You know, uh, a lot of comments on Quinn. Uh, it's Quinn's fault to play Hernan Gomez 25 minutes and eight to Pascal. Amen to that. Like, and, and again, We've kind of sworn off of talking about Quinn's yeah. rotations on this yeah. show. But, yeah. I mean, the Quinn You're has, Quinn has his flaws. No yeah. coach is perfect. Phil Jackson certainly wasn't a perfect coach, but he's the winningest coach in the history of the NBA championship-wise. I mean, let's let's not forget that not every coach is perfect. Uh, Chris Karn says, got my BYU season football tickets yesterday. Can we start football now? I saw that. Mm -hmm. I saw so many people like talking about how they got their season tickets. So many people talking about how all the youth camps at BYU are sold out and how frustrated parents are that their kids didn't get in and they're on the wait list. And yeah, I'm telling you, BYU is hot right now. BYU is hot. And then there's, there's the Utes open first day of spring ball yesterday. And I think they're making a huge mistake. By the way, I'm glad this came up. The Utah Utes are making a huge mistake closing their practices. It is a huge, huge mistake. Whereas you have BYU with kids on the field, they have fan days, practices are open, like you get to be around the guys, you get to be around Kalani, like mm -hmm. the Utah Utes are coming off of a Rose Bowl appearance. The fan sentiment has probably never been higher and you're shutting, you're shutting the door on it. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Brandon Whiteside says Quinn couldn't be, uh, wouldn't be winning more in LA. The Lakers are a mess. Just like Don getting to the Knicks for what? To lose? Come on. Reputation only gets you so far. But you have to understand about Donovan in New York. And Brandon, I think we've we've talked about this. Donovan is a New Yorker. He he's is going to from be in New Nick. York. Like, he's, going, he's going. He's like, going to play for the Knicks. Yeah. Donovan, you and, and I think Jazz fans get off upset about this. How can you fault Donovan Mitchell for wanting to go to his hometown where being a Nick and playing at the garden every night is, is, is the realization of a lifelong dream. Whether you win or lose is almost secondary. 
can you imagine? And I guarantee you, Donovan Mitchell believes if he goes to the Knicks, he can help them win a championship. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. On his own, he probably cannot. But can you imagine Donovan Mitchell winning a championship wearing a Nick uniform at the Garden? What would that mean to him? What would that do to his life? What would that do to his family? What would that do for Nick fans? Furthermore, what would a, a, a native New Yorker coming to the Knicks, winning a championship, mean to kids who play basketball on the playgrounds and the blacktops in New York? Yeah. Think about the impact that that would have. I mean, yeah, you, you want to talk about massive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the best thing you said there is it's a realization of a childhood dream. I mean, that's – I mean, again – you know, is it like you can be all pissed about it, but if I was him, I would do the same thing. And, and I, it doesn't always work out. Look at Russell Westbrook going back to the Lakers. Yeah, like he's, he's a UCLA guy. Like, yeah, it's a, it's very difficult to win in your hometown. Well, and you look at D Wade to the Bulls. You look at you know, Demar hasn't been able to come back to LA yet, but you know, like these guys, I'm telling yeah. you, being able again, look no further than LeBron James. LeBron James, you know, Akron kid able to live that story able to win a championship like remember him yelling Cleveland when he won that title finally like that's what these guys want to do and if you're going to be pissed about that then that's your prerogative but but I'm just telling you man like that like like we would all do the same thing yeah you know like we would no question about it um let's see um Kier Kierlin Kieran 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 okay love you um, Kieran says, I'm watching you guys on my TV today. It works just fine. Stop the haters. By the way, Quinn Snyder sucks. Okay. I mean, thank that... you. Thank you for watching. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The depths of that take are amazing. Uh, do people really watch this show on TVs? That would be amazing to yeah, watch cool. ourselves. Send, on you know, TV. you could do, you know, you could do what would be amazing if you can is take a picture of your TV setup and tweet it at us. We'd love to see it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think that Quinn Snyder is one of the most controversial figures in jazz land right now. I mean, yeah. I just think people are, are both ways on it. Cool J, so cool JR. CJ, so cool JR says, let him go. I'm so tired of his lack of adjustments. How do you let Royce, who is 6'3", guard KD 1v1, Dallas doubles him for 48 minutes, beat them so Quinn don't watch film at all? But So your longest player is probably who? Boyan Bogdanovich wasn't available. Your best defender is probably Daniel House, not available. I don't blame Quinn Snyder for Kevin Durant going Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because Kevin Durant's pretty damn good. Yep. Just just saying. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, every coach isn't perfect, quote unquote. LOL, Monty, what are you smoking? Current Eagles coach Nick Sirianni is perfect. <laughs> um, That's my guy right there. Way to go. Way to go, Tanner. Be to live the brand of the Eagle fan. Uh -huh. Do it. Uh, for awesome, for as awesome as Donovan is, no way he's winning a championship at the Knicks. It's not Donnie, but the organization is awful. I don't even think LeCaron could change the culture there. Well, I mean, Alex Caruso could. Obviously, his um, headband holds power. Obviously. Had to, Jeremy. Uh, Gene, you're not wrong. I mean, the culture of the Knicks has been trashed garbage, for how long? yeah. But it's still the Knicks. If, if Don will be going to the Knicks, is there any possibility that Gobert will be out too? Uh, Gene Stream says no. I think Donovan's not going to the Knicks in the next five years. I just don't believe it. No. I think I think they are going to make every attempt to trade Rudy Gobert this summer, and I think they're going to build this team around Donovan Mitchell. Talked about that with a, with a Jazz guy yesterday. Um, that 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 everybody was so concerned about what was going on with Don in New York, and 
There was nothing going on with Don in New York. He was at home at the garden playing in front of his friends and family. Yeah. And he went off. And, and I say I'm, I'm I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. And this summer, you're going to see him in a Mets uni throwing out the first pitch again. It's going to happen. And don't have anxiety about it. I'm just telling you, like, he's going to be a Nick before at his career is over. But it's not right now. I mean, yeah. right now, his mindset is winning championships. And that's what it should be. He's entering his prime right now. So... You know, when he gets into his middle 30s, yeah, maybe he'll go and be a Nick, you know, but not right now. Yeah, and, and that's why I say I understand that Jazz fans are frustrated, and, and I think when you go out of the playoffs, that frustration is going to grow. But be frustrated if you don't if, – if we get to September 1st and significant foundational changes on this roster have not been made. Yeah. That's when you get frustrated. Because the core of this team, you know, Rudy, Boyan, you know, uh, Royce O'Neal – those guys have been here forever. Jordan Clarkson. You know, like, but Jordan's, Jordan, I, I put Jordan and Don in a different category. I would absolutely trade Jordan Clarkson tomorrow. If it brought me real value and, and real draft stock and real talent, I would do it. But it, it, if Jordan Clarkson's on your roster and, and he and Don really are the only two guys that are here and there's a bunch of other dudes, you're in great shape. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is not by far your biggest issue. He's not. Does he need to improve? Absolutely. Does he need to be a better defender? Yes. Does he need to learn how to finish in the paint? Yes. But he, the guy can shoot the three, and he's instant offense, and you need that. There's value yeah. in that in this league. Yeah. He's not your biggest problem at, by any stretch. Jordan Clarkson is a very good basketball player when he stays within his lane. When he plays his role, he's a very good player. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, if Donnie wins a chip here in Utah, he can go wherever the hell he wants. After that, also MJ or Caruso should be a Nick. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, yes, definitely Mark Jackson could be a huge upgrade over Quinn. Stop. Stop. Yeah, that's not a Stop. good – that's just not – Stop it. No. The personal side of Mark Jackson is not a huge upgrade over Quinn. Snyder. No. All right, NBA MVP. Mm -hmm. uh, right now today, who is it? Mm, Joel. Even with the way that they're they're struggling. Yeah. Because I think I think people view it as two different seasons. I think people view it as pre-James Harden, post-James Harden. And I think that people are unwilling to take Joel Embiid and punish him for James Harden's, frankly, lack of performance. You know, it's so painfully obvious when you watch the Sixers that James Harden just takes possessions away and, and wastes possessions. And, and I think that's the struggle. Now... The Jokic crowd, I understand your case. I get it, you know, but I think it's hard to win multiple MVPs back-to-back -back like that, yeah. especially in this league. And so my feeling is, is you know, Giannis is obviously always going to be there. Um, but I think the guy, and I think what's so fascinating about this situation is Devin Booker's finally starting to get some run. And I don't just mean on, on NBCSports.com or the NBA Power Rankings. I'm talking about in NBA circles, in the fan base, and like with people on Twitter, you're seeing it a lot more, and I yeah. and I think it's deserving. You know, he is he is putting up numbers. You know, and and I think that they've been a good team even without Chris Paul. And I wouldn't be they're a better team this year than they are last than they were last year. And and I wouldn't be surprised if they went right back to the NBA Finals again. You know, I think with the struggles that we've seen the Sixers endure here recently, I think it's absolutely torpedoed. Joel's ability to win the MVP. Mm -hmm. um, if it was to end today, I think I would probably, I think I would probably lean towards Jokic. I mean, with the injuries that they've sustained, um, he has been. I mean, Jokic right now is he's shooting thirty four percent from three. 
uh, 64% from two. Um, you know, he's picking up 13 and a half rebounds a game, eight dimes, mm -hmm. a, a steal and a half, a block a game, averaging 26 points a game. I mean, his numbers without the arguably their two best players behind him, pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, with no Jamal Murray, I mean, Monte Morris is a really nice fit, you know, but but who are we kidding? Like, they, he has been unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that's why he would win it. I think number two, I, I don't know. I, I think it's got to be Giannis at this point over Joel. I mean – but I, the problem that I have with Giannis versus Joel is that I think Giannis has Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Giannis has a lot of really good role players on that team. I mean, the the emergence of Bobby Portis over the last two years, the, you know, you look at what what they're getting back in, in Bropez. I mean, he's mm -hmm. got a lot more talent on that roster, in my opinion. Yeah, and Holiday, too. Holiday's yeah. been a key contributor. It, oh, yeah. How do, I, how do I leave him out of that? But then again, I look at Joel, and he's got Maxi that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. But I think James Harden has absolutely been garbage. I think Giannis definitely got has more help. There's yeah. no doubt. I mean, Giannis has, has three, four guys who are established so, in the league. I guess it's just which way do you look at that? And, and I also think you look at the other names on that list. I mean – Luka Doncic now has to be top five MVP candidates. I mean, he has absolutely held on to that team. They went and got Spencer Dinwiddie, who, again, the flipping jazz should have, should have, could have had an opportunity to get Spencer Dinwiddie and passed. Yeah, and he's just huge game winners. Um, I think Luka's got to be there. You know, I don't know, Jason Tatum or or Devin Booker for MVP. I look at Booker right now. I look at Book and I see a guy that without without their most important player in Chris Paul, this team has not sank at all. Mm -hmm. They have barely struggled. And Devin Booker has been phenomenal. And you look at his ability to impact the game, they're very wise in not bring, having him bring the ball up consistently. But they give him the ball as soon as he gets over the half-court stripe. And I love the way he's integrated DeAndre Ayton into the Suns' offense. Um, I love the way that that he has consistently given Cam Johnson open looks with the way that he has passed the basketball. Um, and then his mid-range game is – I think he's arguably the best mid-range player in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them now. I mean, there's probably five, six really elite mid-range players. Yeah, I think Chris Paul, DeMar. LeBron James, LeBron, DeMar DeRozan. KD. I think I think KD's probably the second best mid-range player. I think yeah. Devin Booker is very close to Kevin Durant. Yeah. They're one and one A, in my opinion. And that's how good I just, like, it's crazy to hear that out loud. That's how good Devin Booker is in the mid-range. Yeah. I think... He should be. He won't be top five. And I think because he plays in Boston and he has been unfreaking believable lately, Jason Tatum will finish ahead of, of Devin Booker in the in the MVP race. I saw the crazy thing I saw on Twitter the other day is Phoenix is the third largest market in the in the country. Isn't that nutty? Like it's wild. Like you you think of Phoenix and you're like, oh, well, that's just some small town. You know, it's the Suns. They're out there in good old Arizona. No, dude, this is the third largest metropolitan area in the yeah. country. So it's the the whole little brother, he plays in Phoenix thing is no longer the case. Like, it's it's a major market. Yeah, I, I think it is interesting. We'll see. If I had to vote right now, the last thing I'll say is if I had to vote right now, I think the only thing that helps Joel's case is that 
he was clearly the front runner before James Harden. Head got there. and shoulders. Like not close. Yeah. MVP. Yes. Like clearly. So I'm just gonna be really curious to see like how that plays out. Are people gonna say, Well, yeah, that was then, this is now, or are they gonna say, Well, James Harden has been a complete bust for multiple organizations and we're not gonna penalize Joel for that. But why won't he win it? Because of the vernal equinox. Yeah, dude. The Vernal Equinox. Wow. I, I said it's the fucking Vernal Equinox. Thank you. The drop machine works. I wasn't sure. I know YouTube's having some bugs today, so I was yeah. just trying to make sure that the, yeah. you know, the drop machine fucking works. Fucking A. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bolton said, wait, wait, wait. Guys, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Did I just hear Mark Jackson would be an upgrade over Quinn Snyder? Dude, it's you embarrassing. Did. And I it's glossed so, over it. It's so embarrassing. Because I don't want to talk about affairs and blackmail scandals off, you know, JB, don't go there. Hard not to say Embiid for MVP. Dude is a beast. He is. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says Brown of Golden State coaching staff might fit to the Jazz. Mike Brown's been a guy that's been around. He's average, bro. You don't bring in a guy like that. He, he, he Like, again, I love Alvin Gentry. He's a phenomenal human being. What's the difference between Brown and Gentry? Not much. You're well, casual. You know what I'm saying? They're like casuals, bro. They haven't won anything. If you're going to replace Quinn Snyder, go get Taylor Jenkins. If you're going to replace Quinn Snyder, go get a young, smart, go get Jacques Vaughn. Go get somebody that is around elite players. Oh, dude, that was in Portland. Oh, I can't remember guy's name. Vanterpool? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see w w when he gets a f his first real shot. But I, I think that, you know what? I don't know, man. I, I I don't replace Quinn Snyder. Not yet. I'm not ready to fire Quinn Snyder. The guy's yeah. an elite head coach. And there's too many question marks to say this is all his fault. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with that. All right. Real quick on Zion Williamson, because then we have to get to your loser. Here, let me go ahead and get the fat drop going here. Fat! Fat! Um, fat! Zion Williamson put out a video yesterday. The same Zion Williamson, who's been out for the year because he likes Oreos and his foot hurts. And I ain't giving up no damn Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> Zion Williamson was ruled out for the rest of the season oh, recently. Man. So was there any shock that there was a video of Zion throwing a ball off a backboard going between his legs and dunking it? I guess not. Like, he put up a video of himself doing this crazy dunk. Mm-hmm. And the first thing people pointed out is the floor buckled beneath him. And it does. I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. It, it, you are. <laughs> it does. It totally the does. The floor buckled beneath him in crazy fashion. Yes, dude. Yes. He is a big dude. And I think that, you know, that what's interesting to me about the timing of this video is we've heard consistently, hey, he's out for the year. He's out for the year. He's had a setback. X, Y, and Z. He's not ready to play. And then you post a video of you doing a between the legs off the backboard amazing dunk. We already know you can dunk, by the way. How about you show us you can shoot a basketball? A. I don't get it. B, why would you release this video right now? This is really dumb. Like, doesn't this send a bad message? Am I the only one who thinks that 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 this sends kind of a precarious message to the team? Oh, I absolutely the do. City? I agree with you. Like, your organization just came out and said, hey, he's out for the year because he's rehabbing his foot. And then you post a video wearing a heart rate monitor shirtless and you're dunking. Like, it's just, I don't know, dude. <laughs> what? 
Jesus Christ destroys atheism, says red beans and ham shanks cooked in crock pots is really healthy and delicious. Bro, are you okay today? Like, I, I like what? I don't, I think Zion Williamson right now today is one of the, if not the, he's no Kwame Brown. He's no Greg Oden. He's one of the biggest busts in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And this video is the perfect example of why Zion Williamson will never succeed in this league because he just doesn't have the right mentality. Zion Williamson is so concerned with showing people that, hey, I can still dunk, that he doesn't understand the gravity of you're out for the year with a foot injury. Maybe don't be putting up pictures of you dunking or videos of you dunking. At the facility. Why are you not playing? If you can do that dunk, yeah, never mind. It's at the, the Pelicans practice facility. Why are you not playing if you can dunk like that, Chubbs? Somebody explain that Chubbs. to me. <laughs> but it's frustrating to me. This guy was supposed to be the second coming of, you know. Jesus Christ. The Pillsbury Doe Fat. guy. And he's been nothing but a, a non-professional his entire career. Get your lazy ass in the gym. Like the, the JJ Reddick story about how Zion wouldn't take feedback. Yeah. Is exactly what's wrong with this guy. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Zion thinks he's sliced bread, and and Zion thinks that that he's better than everyone. And I and I got news for him. You might be able to put up twenty five in an NBA game, but that but again, that's the same the same logic. Like you know, your twenty five points doesn't impact the game nope. the same way as Jaws twenty five. You nope. know, and and that's what I think people don't talk about is like the impact your points have. So yeah, I don't know, man. I just thought. You know, it's not a super deep conversation. I just, I just thought, thought you'd appreciate me treating you like an adult. Dude, the timing of it is not <laughs> ideal, bro. The timing of it is not ideal, man. Is that not where you were going? No. I thought not. you were going to that drop. <laughs> no, that's not where I was going, dude. That's not. I thought for sure. No. Yeah, I, I just thought. Yeah. You'd appreciate me treating you like an adult. I haven't used that drop in so long. It's, I don't even know where it it's is. It's a dude. drop from a, 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 the movie The Accountant. Here it is right here. I just thought that you, you know? appreciate me treating you like an adult. <laughs> it's so good. I thought that's where you were going. Yeah, Zion is the youngest diva of all time, Gene Stream says. Jeremy Bolton says, what is happening? Zion cooks Oreos, Twinkies, and cake in a crock pot. <laughs> Seriously. Sometimes ah. I think I just say shit. Ah. Sample comes out of my mouth. Yeah, can you imagine Oreos, Oreo cookie cake in a crock pot? I got to tell you, Mrs. Monty is killing it in the kitchen lately. Yeah. She made a vegetable soup last night. Oh, my God. Give you some fire butt? No, it hasn't actually. No, my my baho been putting out regularly, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, the point is, she's been she made taquitos the other day that were outstanding. She made well that did because there was corn and black beans. Yeah, in those. yeah. She made they were uh, for four taquitos, veggie taquitos. There were uh, five hundred and six calories. Then last night, she just, like, I'm down here working, being completely unproductive. I couldn't close a door yesterday. Right, even though you did close yesterday. And right. so I come upstairs, and she's got, like, a pot of vegetable soup homemade boiling on the stove, like, smelling up the entire house like we were in Little House on the Prairie. Oh, it smelled amazing. Yeah. That was 200 and something calories. And then for lunch, she made me this incredible salad. It was, like... You, you you have been Mrs. Monty just sat down. You have been, I mean, you may be a tossing and turning machine at night while you're sleeping, and it destroys the way that I sleep. But your your work in the kitchen has been phenomenal, lady. 
Thank you. I'm going to buy you a Do new dustpan. Do I get like a round of, of applause? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy you a dustpan. I mean, you've earned it. I mean, I'm not getting you a broom still on your hands and knees, but that dustpan's coming. Fucking A. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Have you talked about like never talk to an old friend right before you're going to bed because that shit could blow up your head? What? No, wait, not, what happened? What happened? I did not sleep like hardly at all last night. What, so, what happened? Um, so I, you know, I post about my workouts sometimes on Instagram because I'm trying to, you know, keep myself motivated. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Doing. Yep. Right. Yep. And, um, I'd mentioned that I had like an injury and it was kind of a struggle, but I was still in it. And so I had people reached out to me and one of them was an old friend of mine. And, um, we had been really close. We're the kind of friends where it's like, you cannot talk for a while, but then, you know, as soon as you talk, you're like right, right back to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I still consider her my good friend, even though we don't talk every day. Oh shit. I vaguely remember this happened last night. Did you yeah. tell me about this? I did. You woke up because I was still up at like 11 something at night because we had just stopped talking. Um, yeah. So my old friend reaches out and she's like, Oh, I hope you feel better soon. Oh, thanks. So we start chatting and I'm like, yeah, did you see my mom's getting married. She was like, Oh my God, I did. She goes, yeah, I meant to reach out. I, life has just been really crazy. My dad was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. That's now metastasized in his lungs. And, um, you know, during that, during, you know, since that happened in January, my uncle died and my husband went to (laughs) Nashville came back with covid and everything's just been a shit show and i was like oh oh d- d- damn you know <laughs> it makes you realize how good our lives are though seriously I mean, it, it, and, and everybody jokes in 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 yeah no kidding is mrs monty gonna cook for every subscriber or just a few of them that's a, that's start an my own local shot. delivery service yeah hey you know. jeremy bolton is a savage today i don't know what what you're on jeremy but bolton, yeah but please. it just makes you realize we are very unaware of how good we have it Mm -hmm. and we try to talk about it quite a bit when we're sitting in our hot tub and you know after snowboarding and you know after living another day of white privilege and all that good stuff you're out of your element you know (laughs) we try to talk about it but then you hear from people you know that you're friends with who yeah maybe you haven't talked to them a while or whatnot and you hear the struggle that they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and it just makes you realize how good you have it you know like Getting on the scale this morning and realize I've now lost 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. And a lot of it is your cooking. Now, a lot of it is that, you know, I've stopped eating everything, including the carpet. Um, you Look, know, Zion. but <laughs> I mean, like e- eating well and living and feeling healthy and, and whatnot, eating fiber. You talk about people with colon cancer. You know, it's one of the reasons I eat so much fiber. People give me so much shit about the high fiber cereal I eat mm-hmm. at work. Like it's a joke every morning in our team roundup that we do at Yelp. People joke about me eating high fiber cereals. They like, know hey, what man. heritage flakes are. Yes, now they do because I've told them repeatedly that I'm eating <laughs> heritage flakes. Um, but it's it, you know, like, but that's it is what it is. Like, I just think we have a really good life, mm-hmm. and yeah. stories like that. Yeah, you have been sleeping like crap this week, and it's killing me because you're just like you. You're either you're either asleep and you're rolling or turning or yeah. You you either sleep great or you don't. Okay, so sleep you were up well to eleven thirty, and then what happened? I just my mind was just on blast. Yeah, on blast, totally. And then I had weird, really weird dreams. Like, dude. and we laid down early. We laid down at like eight forty-five. It was great. Yeah. You know what bothered me um, about that conversation 
was that people think that like I do, I don't like either what someone in my family is doing or what they're doing because I don't like it on Facebook. Like I don't like give it the little heart like it. I had that conversation last week. And and I was like, oh man, I'm literally like I have an account, but I'm just not on there. Like I haven't signed in for like a year. Yeah. I. Man, and you really think I just don't like what my, you know, what important people to me are doing? Because so I what don't... the pandemic's done, man. So a guy I went to high school with, who listens to this show, so you'll know who you are. Uh, a guy I went to high school with said the same thing to me last week. Like, hey, you never interact with my posts anymore. What did I do to piss you off? <laughs> and it's like, what? What do you mean, man? I'm like, I said I'm not on Facebook. Well, I see you posting on Facebook. My Instagram posts directly to well, my Facebook. And, and I said, you know, I, I share a lot from my, my page for the radio show to my personal Meta. Page. Facebook is death. And it's it's more and more matriculating over to Instagram <laughs> that Instagram <laughs> is is becoming death. Uh-huh. Right? And the problem is the freaking communists in China own TikTok. Uh-huh. Like, social media is just, you just need to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. You can't take social media personally. It's like when you when you read an email that you don't like the tone of somebody's email. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean, man? The tone of that email. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, there is no tone and there is no meaning behind it. Just like if I don't like your post on Facebook, it's not because I don't like you. Maybe I just didn't see it. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And I think we get so personally invested in, in well, Facebook. It's because of the pandemic. This is So this is my point. Like, we're all, we don't see each other face to face anymore. So we don't get those updates in person. Yeah. And people don't feel valued by telling their story anymore. Yeah. Like, and you're just sharing yeah. it on Facebook. By the way, a couple of people have also asked right now, YouTube is having issues today. This is not a, a Monty show issue. This some, is not an internet some of you, link issue. Some of you are able to watch on, on mobile. Most of you are not. And... It, that is a YouTube issue. I apologize if you're struggling with it. Uh, but yeah, um, I just, I think social media is not good. And then there's the real estate market. Um, which is not good. Which is not good. So Jake, you're trying to re-rent your apartment or your lease is up and they want you to pay essentially a so left nut to keep it rented. Here's the funny part about this whole situation. You know, so they, you know, they send you the renewal letter, you know, that has like the rates they're offering. Hey, we're doing you a favor. Yeah. No, this we're is gonna literally use, we're going to use lube. So here's what here's what they said. Hey, you can renew your lease early. And here's the deals. Here's, here's the, the deals. Two hundred dollar raise in your rent if you renew early. And I'm like, what and kind of incentive like is that? A lifetime. Yeah. You can renew for 30 months yeah. early and for $200 like, dude, more. The funny thing is you go on their website. They're renting my exact unit. They've got five of them available. They're renting them for $14.75, and they're wanting me to renew for like $16.5. Unit. And I'm like, dude, what kind of sense does that make? And then yesterday on top of that. So you're paying what right now? So for base rent, I pay $1,400 right now. Base rent. And then I've wow, got okay. like... I have like, you know, the pet, the $10 pest fee and like, you got to pay their internet miscellaneous. And... Well, the internet thing is, is, is garbage. I pay $170 a month for this media package that God you have to damn. have. They force you to have it when you, when you sign up, it's, it's supposed to cover your TV and your internet. And, and that's complete crap. It, it covers my internet. I don't pay the internet twice, but it's just built into the rent. So if you consider that into the base rent, I pay 1470 a month for my base rent right now. 
or no, that would be fifteen seventy a month for my base rent right now with that included. But you're so lucky, you jerk. You get to pay your rent on a credit card. Yeah, well, so that's the trade-off, though. So, like, I can pay my rent however I want to pay it. I can pay it on a credit card. I can pay it with my... Do you know how many miles we would get if we could pay our mortgage? And the savage thing is, and you're going to hate this, you pay more in rent than, than we pay in mortgage. Yeah, and, 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 and so that's the thing. Which is crazy. Like, the, the, the thing I struggle with is, you know, like, the I'm not unhappy with my apartment. It's a perfectly fine apartment. It's nice. Everything's cool. Um, the only thing that annoys me about it is they tape a piece of paper to my door Thursday that says that they're going to be here Tuesday to do their annual inspection. They never show up yesterday. So I'm sure they'll show, show up today whenever they feel like it. And that's the thing that annoys me. You just show up whenever you want to show up. I See, and I'm the kind of asshole that would be like, no, nah, you guys were supposed to be here yesterday. Yeah, you're going to have to reschedule with me. I didn't know you were coming today and it's not convenient. So uh, yeah, call my people. We'll uh, get you back on the calendar. <laughs> like, you know, like... So I don't know. It just is it, it, the whole thing is a racket. I wish I could buy, but I can't. It just is what it is. Well, according to the National Association of Realtors, the average home price is going to escalate 5.7% to close the year. So here we are at the mid to end of March. Mm-hmm. We're ending Q1. And for the next three quarters, the National Association of Realtors is projecting a 5.7% increase in price. Mm-hmm. And one of the hottest housing markets in the country, yeah, the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. So it, it's incredible. Do you at this point, and I know the answer to this question, mm-hmm. but do you at this point pay escalating rents or do you at this point buy yourself a home that is conceivably $100,000 over its true value? I don't know what you do because neither one's a good answer. Neither one is a good answer. I would I, tell you to continue to rent and because I think in your situation, guys like you, are you're going to have to buy a shitbox and re, re, rebuild it. Or no. If you can find a shitbox to rebuild. Yeah, it's tough. That's the problem. Or the, the, people and this are is, overpaying for the, the renos too. This is, this is the number three um, wholesale market in the country as well. Or here's what I do. I never fucking buy and I buy a house to rent it and I turn it into income property. That's well, just and that's is. really smart to do that, by the yeah, way, because yeah. then, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of business breaks you get in that. Because that's the thing. You're not getting you're not incentivized. The, the whole this whole story about the American dream and buying a house with a white picket fence is complete crap. Well, but that, that was also anymore. that was also for the returning well, American soldier. That doesn't that doesn't exist I mean, anymore. We no. watched um, 60 Minutes. Wasn't it 60 Minutes? The story about the uh, rental market and how investors are just snatching up yeah. houses, M- massive. You know, there's like these. I think they said three major investors that own Hedge the majority funds. of the rental. Seventy-two percent of all homes are o- owned in the corporate sphere, which is to say, seventy-two percent of all rental property in this yeah. country is owned by a major corporate entity. So it's not Jimmy and Kathy trying to build generational wealth to retire on. Hey, let me buy this uh, second, this second, and rent it out. It is Jimmy Neutron who owns. I mean, the one company owns three hundred thousand homes across the country, and they yeah. rent them all out. Yeah, three hundred thousand homes. On on the other side of that, I was reading an article last night on uh, New York Times um, that was talking about um, re- uh, purchase regret. So many people 
waived their inspection during this land grab insanity we've had in the last yep. you know year and a half that now they have regret because things are going south well look at this condo we tried to buy this, this condo we were going to buy for an income property uh, was owned by two college students and they got an HOA assessment, which means their HOA went up significantly mm -hmm. and they could no longer afford it. Mm -hmm. They felt like it made them tight. So they tried to sell it and now it's unsellable because of this. There was a lawsuit involved and whatnot. Those people are screwed. Yeah. You're going to have to find a cash buyer who doesn't care about a lawsuit. Oh, and that's what it takes now. You have to have 500000 at least, but, and mostly you're going to have to have cash. But then again, this house down the street from us, almost exactly the same size. There's another one about a mile away mm -hmm. that is the exact same size, but less square footage that is going to sell for $490,000. Yeah, and so that's why I say the mindset uh, it's the, the mindset can't be saving money anymore. The mindset has no. to be to make more money. Look at there's a townhouse that's just what it is. There's a townhouse that Mrs. Monty and I looked at uh over the weekend on the island in Daybreak. Yeah. And it is 300 square feet smaller than us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think three or four. It lacks Anyways, I I think no it, basement. 400 square feet smaller. Yeah. No, no basement. basement. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 100 and Fifty thousand plus dollars more than we paid for ours. Yeah, it was it's it was insanity. marketed at like what was it? Uh, five. It's over five hundred. Is it not? I thought it was like four. I think they put it like at like four seventy or four eighty. But the yeah. Zestimate had it like over five hundred. That's what it was. And it was like That's oh, I was. was like oh, they listed it low to get a bidding more, and they'll get it. I'm sure it already sold. They they were saying. Showings Friday and Saturday morning. All offers have to be in by Monday. They yeah, they Jesus, were sell it's it. listed at six fifty five now. Price change six fifty five. It's off the market now. It is off the market. Yeah. And there's a new one. I'm so blown away. There's a new That's one. That's why I say. That's why I say. Like you know, we. Oh wonder, no, I'm sorry. The one next door just sold a month ago. We we, we oh. wonder why we wonder why the younger generation is not successful. They raised the price on that townhouse to $550,000. Yeah. 3 bedroom, 2 bath, 1596 square feet. Yeah. And no no yard. It has a little courtyard cuz it's a middle unit. That's crazy. So what's going to happen is eventually one day uh, I'm going to have to probably like unless I have the money at daybreak and and With no this basement. area is not going to be an option. I'm going to have to go to like No, it's not. Saratoga Springs or out to Riverton or like you're going to have to even go further, out because like, it's like near that new shopping center where we yeah. go to the Harmons they're building luxury apartments on both sides, mm -hmm. uh, across Mountain View and right behind it. Luxury yeah. apartments, and I cracked up at your lease renewal. Didn't it say month to month was three thousand? No, there was like um, no, there was uh, I I have to ask them about that. It was six it months. was a six month thing, but I think that what they're doing with that is they're saying, hey, you can pay lump sum and get lower rent if you wanted to. Like so, if you're gonna no, there was a six month number that was three. I, no, I'm pretty I'm, sure it was three thousand thirty three dollars. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, I think what they're doing because they didn't specify what that actually meant. So I yeah. think what they were doing with that is saying, okay, well, you can pay this amount, you know, up front maybe, or there's something with that. You're not yeah. just gonna Whatever lease it is. a one bedroom apartment for but three thousand. But the funny a month, thing right? is, what is the fastest growing age group for buying homes? Not mine. It's millennials. 
There's no 37% way. Thirty-seven yeah. percent millennials no are the fastest. Way, dude. Yes. Yeah, and and that's what the thing. There's though? no way. There's no yeah, way. It, it, that's bro. what it's saying. That's it's what all fact. the reports say. It's well. a fact. And and millennials... the problem is, is they have the most regret because yes. they've been waiving their inspections. They've been waiving, um, you know, any like contingencies. Thirty-seven just... percent of all homes sold in 2021 went to millennials. How many foreclosures are there going to be? I don't think there will be a lot at all. I think what you're what you're going to see is there's not and there's not going to be a huge price correction either. I don't think you're going to see everybody's convinced there's a housing bubble. It's not going to happen. It does. There's not a housing bubble. Yeah. Because what what happened is you have even with like all of the COVID forbearance protections with like foreclosure protections, those have stayed in place largely, and the job market is so good that so many people are making enough money. That now a large, I think it was sixty something percent of people have have paid out of that forbearance protection. So you're getting grants from the government. You're making more money. Your millennials. The problem for millennials is, is they've overpaid for all of these homes. Mm -hmm. So what millennials are finding is that life balance thing that we always talk about doesn't exist anymore because they're house poor. Yeah, they are so and I'm strapped. Not interested. Yeah, you're so strapped by your mortgage. I mean, you you have millennials. Um, the average mortgage for a millennial is thirty two hundred dollars. Yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I'm I mean, good. it's so much money. Yeah. And the the other stat that that uh, NAR, which is again the National Association of Realtors, put out, um, is that 77 percent of home buyers face unexpected repair costs in the first six months of ownership. Largely due to waiving of all contingencies, as Britt talked about. 77%. So it, it's crazy what's going on in housing. Um, I think it is, this is very simply a matter of people are not selling their homes. And one of the, the, the major things that it, at some point, I think that's what will change. More homes will come onto the market. But that doesn't mean that prices will fall. Yeah. What that means is, there will there will be more competition, which means the inflation that we're currently seeing will will be pulled back. So I would I would not be in a hurry to buy a home, and I you you get all pissed about it. I do get pissed about it because I don't have the same opportunity your generation had. I, I can't just walk it, into a not, nice situation. It's not generation. We had the great fortune of timing mm -hmm. because we only bought our house that we live in now eighteen months ago, and it's worth almost $500,000 now. Like my mortgage but, guy sends me a it's home. It's like goofy. Yeah, my, my mortgage guy sends me a home value report every month. Mm -hmm. We bought our house. I don't mind telling you. We I think our loan was for $290,000. We have a three-bedroom, well, really four-bedroom, um, three-and-a-half, uh, or ah, we have a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath that will be a three-bath townhouse with a, a finished basement. We paid 290 for it. Financed 290. It's now worth on the low end 490. And if you believe Zillow, uh, by the end of this this calendar year it'll be worth 525. But A, there's no real actionable way to leverage that equity because if you refi then you have a mortgage for $525,000, which I'm not interested in doing. Mm -hmm. Um but B, I think that that's what you're going to see is going to stop the climb because when all this, all these houses come to the market, 
it's going to mean that the, the spike in housing costs is going to stop, but it's not going to fall. It's just going to level off where it is, in my opinion. Yeah, man, I, so, I just think, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. You say I get pissy about it. How am I supposed to feel? Am I supposed to be happy about that? <laughs> am I supposed to be happy that, that I don't, that, you know, like I don't get the benefit of timing yeah. or the benefit of really anything related to real estate? I mean, like it's, it's crazy. Chris Carnes says, good luck in Saratoga Springs. My house has gone up 800 K in eight years. Yeah. That's, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, but you it, have a beautiful home too. But like, it, but either way, I mean, he does, he does. We've, We've been, been to Chris's I mean, house. Yeah, he's got a beautiful there. Like it's a great house for sure. But my point just is, is how are we supposed to feel? How, like, yeah. are we, are we supposed to feel? And then, and then what am I supposed to feel bad when we've got businesses and, and everything like that? And I can afford to buy things and other people can't like, no, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's what, that's what I kind of hate about the real estate dynamic. It's like, Hey, like you, you can't, the average person's not able to buy a home anymore. You have to have dual income. You have to have X, Y, and Z. You got to waive inspections and do and, all this and, stuff. And this is why I said to you a couple of weeks ago, the life hack is finding a really good partner in life. You have to have a good, you have to be a, a, a man or woman. You, the person that you bed down with every night needs to be somebody that can make you money and support your lifestyle. And that will grind in the same direction as you are grinding. And I think one of the, the interesting trends will be, and it should start happening here in the next two years, we should get some real good divorce numbers on the millennial generation because not a lot of millennials chose to get married and not a lot of millennials chose to buy houses. And now those single millennials are making a lot of money because they're coming into their prime money-making years. And a lot of millennials quit their jobs during the pandemic to open small businesses. So it's going to be interesting to see Okay, so your money making's gone up and your home buying's gone up. Are you wifed up now? Are you making kids? Are you, you know, a lot I, of them don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. No. I don't think so either. There is zero incentive. And I think my guess is, and if you're married and you have kids, you're going to understand this next statement. My guess is when you don't have kids, you're making more money. My guess is your life's a little simpler. And your relationship's a little easier mm -hmm. because raising children really puts a, 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 a test to who you are as a couple and it really tests your relationship. And I, I, so I'm curious to see what millennial divorce numbers will look like in two years, five years, 20 years. Yeah. I that's mean, going to be a really I, I interesting that, stat to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point, but I, I just think that, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's two, there's always different types of people, of course, but I think in my generation, you, you just have two situations. You have the person who has the college debt and the person who doesn't. And typically the person who does have the college debt is going to go that more traditional path and that's fine. But the person who doesn't probably isn't getting married and probably is starting businesses and, and going that route. They're banking on themselves. So I don't, don't know. Even, we'll see. Yeah. College debt. I don't even want to think about that. But that's my um, point. But that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you know, the again, it's it's there. there. It used to be when I was growing up that that was the route you go. Now, I don't feel like there's another established route. There was an assumption that that's how you were going to live your life. There was. I mean, there's no doubt about that for pe people your age. Chris Karn says this isn't a bubble. It's simply supply and demand. Yeah, exactly. It is. Well, yeah. And that's yeah. what they said on that 60 Minutes show is that there are not, even though like I thought in my head there was a lot of building going on. Building slowed down mm -hmm. in the pandemic. And so we don't have enough new houses to sell. There's not enough supply yeah. for the demand. And that is part of the reason why it is so egregious. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I also think you need to pay attention to rates because I think we're going to continue to see an uptick in rates, um, which is going to change a lot of different things as well. Uh, Eric C says, dude, I can't even think about buying here in SoCal. 
Uh, I'm betting nope. on it. Jake will be married with a kid a year from now. Nope. Uh, Jeff uh-huh. Johnson says, you guys go make me cry up in here. Sorry, Jeff. He also says, our number of desired kids went from four to two real quick based on this market. That, yes, but, it and did. That's my point. Yes, so it like, did. So, like, that's my thing. Yeah, I do get upset about it because there's what's there to be happy about? Like, what is there? What what of any of this am I supposed to be happy about? Well, you're going to have to reinvent the wheel on building your life. I mean, yeah. for you, it's going to be you're going to build wealth, then you're going to buy a home, then you're going to have. I'm children. not so sure that I'll ever that I'll ever do that. I'm not so sure that I'll ever actually buy a house to live. You in. will. Like, we didn't I don't, buy our first home I, until you know we were in our mid 30s. But but what? Think about it. What was it even then? It was 40. Like in our 40s, we didn't buy our first house until our 40s. Yeah, I guess that's true. In our 40s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very true. You know. But we also when we were 40 hadn't been, you know, saving up money and, you know, doing the things that. that No, because we lived in California. So there was no way to save money. And and seriously, (laughs) whoever made that comment, we knew we would never be able to afford a home in Southern California or in California you know, where we were in the in the Bay Area. So Mm -hmm. moving here was the best thing we could do. It was so much more affordable. Yep. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I never felt like there was an established route that was satisfactory. Had to make my own route. Definitely yeah. part of the millennial depression. Absolutely. Yeah, that dude. I read it. There Thank was a you, great Greg. article in the New Yorker. It's so true. There was a great article. I think it was the New Yorker on millennial depression. And it's very true. It's real. It Financial and mental. There is absolutely. The path of the millennial has not been an easy one. Mr. E says, I have a baby now, 10 months old today. Life is really different now, way more complicated. Totally agree with Monty, what Monty just said. Yeah, it, it makes children, having kids is not easy in any way, shape, or form. It wrecks a woman's body. Um, it wrecks her hormonal balance. It makes the relationship far more complicated just in saying good morning. Um, the battle that women face with depression, postpartum, um, the feeling of hopelessness, the damage to your career, the damage that it does to your your confidence, like now all of that is real shit. Like that is you need to understand that that happens when you have kids because it it is absolutely. And real. you have to keep a tiny human alive. Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah. Then you got to go change somebody. You got to wipe somebody else's ass for the next two years. So yeah. enjoy that. Um, two. Yeah. Well, more than that. Main requirements on getting married is stability, Gene Stream says. Ethan Larson says, I'm in construction and I know building didn't slow down during the pandemic. It actually picked up here. One of the interesting questions, and a lot of people say it's not true. During the pandemic, did we stop building affordable housing? I don't know. I don't know if we did or not. And there's this is a hotly contested topic right now. And Tom Ferry, the real estate coach, has talked about this a lot. I think it was in the 60 Minutes piece too the other night. Like there was not a building boom, but there certainly was not a building slowdown. They said in 60 Minutes that there was nationwide a decrease in new house, in in new building. Affordable building. Because custom housing, like Daybreak. Daybreak didn't slow down during the, the pandemic. The island was blank three years ago. The island is full now. They're, to me, I don't know. I'm not sure I believe in that. It'll be interesting to see what the outside of that is. Jackson Graham says lumber shortage is wrecking Utah's home building. Well, we're we're only running out of forests that we can destroy. So we'll see what happens there. Brandon Whiteside says, I built a home with the wood going up. It went up 50K. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah. That's the other 
problem. Supply chain is a real, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're trying to get supplied. Yeah. Supply chain is a real problem. Yeah. And, and by the way, labor, labor is the biggest issue in the housing market right now because skilled tradesmen are not plentiful anymore, which is really odd. I mean, because so many, like framers is a perfect example. So many framers are no longer framers. They're custom home builders. And so they've opened their own business. Electricians are another perfect example. Electricians are one of the fastest growing business sectors in the country. There are more electricians opening shop for themselves than at any time in the history of this country. It's remarkable how the trades have changed. Uh, Tanner says, so true, Greg, being a millennial sucks ass. Eric C says, Jake, we're the same age. I know we both have privileged lives in some ways, but I agree with the millennial depression comment for sure. I mean, I just, I just think we haven't, we, we don't catch the breaks. We don't, we don't, we don't get houses, you know, bequeathed to us. We don't get the timing of, yeah, we're able to buy something before our Sorry, equity goes way Sorry, did you say bequeathed? Up. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't get that stuff, and that's fine. That's fine. Right? Yeah, I have but nobody like, that's got me in a will or trust. I can tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, but like, like, so that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, I know people who have, you know things given to them and that's great that's and i'm really happy for them but most of my people aren't getting that that's oh just not how jeremy bolton says lesson learned on the monty show today good luck with life in the future because we're all screwed yeah pretty much uh, <laughs> it, pretty much go make that bread i'm telling you now as as seriously as i can say it and i mean it i am as passionate as i can be stop collecting paychecks yeah because i'm telling you it's not enough money to thrive it, it just it just is not because at some point that train's gonna come to an end. Because look at what COVID did to the economy in this country. Look how many people lost their jobs, sat on their asses and was, were praying for government bailouts. Don't be that guy. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, you can't do it. Um, all right, there you have it. Mrs. Monty, good to see you. Go make me breakfast. Uh, I'll get that dustpan ordered for you. The upside on all of this? <laughs> If everything else is this challenging, make sure you're enjoying your life. Yeah, you got to. Make sure that you are happy in what you're doing in your relationships. Because if you're if you're doing something just because you think it's what you're supposed to do, give it up. For sure. All right, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. We're actually going to do a show on Friday. Yes, somebody asked if we're on Friday. Yes, we'll be back on Friday. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.